section two of the fortunes of nigel by sir walter scott this librivox recording is in the public domain introductory epistle captain clutterbuck to the reverend dr dry as dust dear sir i readily accept of and reply to the civilities with which you have been pleased to honour me in your obliging letter and entirely agree with your quotation of quam bonum et quam eucundum we may indeed esteem ourselves as come of the same family or according to our country proverb as being all one man's bairns and there needed no apology on your part reverend and dear sir for demanding of me any information which i may be able to supply respecting the subject of your curiosity the interview which you allude to took place in the course of last winter and is so deeply imprinted on my recollection that it requires no effort to collect all its most minute details you are aware that the share which i had in introducing the romance called the monastery to public notice has given me a sort of character in the literature of our scottish metropolis i no longer stand in the outer shop of our bibliopolis bargaining for the objects of my curiosity within an unrespected shop-lad hustled among boys who come to buy corderies and copy-books and servant-girls cheapening a pennyworth of paper but am cordially welcomed by the bibliopolist himself with pray walk into the back shop captain boy get a chair for captain clutterbuck there is the newspaper captain to-day's paper or here is the last new work there is a folder make free with the leaves or put it in your pocket and carry it home or we will make a bookseller of you sir and you shall have it at trade price or perhaps if it is the worthy trader's own publication his liberality may even extend itself to never mind booking such a trifle to you sir it is an over-copy pray mention the work to your reading friends i say nothing of the snug well-selected literary party arranged round a turbo leg of five-year-old mutton or some such gear or of the circulation of a quiet bottle of robert cockburn's choices black nay perhaps of his new ones all these are comforts reserved to such as are freemen of the corporation of letters and i have the advantage of enjoying them in perfection but all things change under the sun and it is with no ordinary feelings of regret that in my annual visits to the metropolis i now miss the social and warm-hearted welcome of the quick-witted and kindly friend who first introduced me to the public who had more original wit than would have set up a dozen of professed sayers of good things and more racy humour than would have made the fortune of as many more to this great deprivation has been added i trust for a time only the loss of another bibliopolical friend whose vigorous intellect and liberal ideas have not only rendered his native country the mart of her own literature but established there a court of letters which must command respect even from those most inclined to dissent from many of its canons the effect of these changes operated in a great measure by the strong sense and sagacious calculations of an individual who knew how to avail himself to an unhoped-for extent of the various kinds of talent which his country produced will probably appear more clearly to the generation which shall follow the present 
i entered the shop at the cross to inquire after the health of my worthy friend and learned with satisfaction that his residence in the south had abated the rigor of the symptoms of his disorder availing myself then of the privileges to which i have alluded i strolled onward in that labyrinth of small dark rooms or crypts to speak our own antiquarian language which formed the extensive back settlements of that celebrated publishing-house yet as i proceeded from one obscure recess to another filled some of them with old volumes some with such as from the equality of their rank on the shelves i suspected to be the less saleable modern books of the concern i could not help feeling a holy horror creep upon me when i thought of the risk of intruding on some ecstatic bard giving vent to his poetical fury or it might be on the yet more formidable privacy of a band of critics in the act of worrying the game which they had just run down in such a supposed case i felt by anticipation the horrors of the highland seers whom their gift of deuteroscopy compels to witness things unmeet for mortal eye and who to use the expression of collins heartless oft like moody madness stare to see the phantom train their secret work prepare still however the irresistible impulse of an undefined curiosity drove me on through this succession of darksome chambers to like the jeweller of delhi in the house of the magician Benascar. i at length reached a vaulted room dedicated to secrecy and silence and beheld seated by a lamp and employed in reading a blotted revise footnote the uninitiated must be informed that a second proof-sheet is so called End of footnote the person or perhaps i should rather say the eidolon or representative vision of the author of waverley you will not be surprised at the filial instinct which enabled me at once to acknowledge the features borne by this venerable apparition and that i at once bended the knee with the classical salutation of salve magne parens the vision however cut me short by pointing to a seat and intimating at the same time that my presence was not expected and that he had something to say to me i sat down with humble obedience and endeavoured to note the features of him with whom i now found myself so unexpectedly in society but on this point i can give your reverence no satisfaction for besides the obscurity of the apartment and the fluttered state of my own nerves i seemed to myself overwhelmed by a sense of filial awe which prevented my noting and recording what it is probable the personage before me might most desire to have concealed indeed his figure was so closely veiled and wimpled either with a mantle morning-gown or some such loose garb that the verses of spenser might well have been applied yet certes by her face and physnomy whether she man or woman only were that could not any creature well describe i must however go on as i have begun to apply the masculine gender for notwithstanding very ingenious reasons and indeed something like positive evidence have been offered to prove the author of waverley to be two ladies of talent i must abide by the general opinion that he is of the rougher sex there are in his writings too many things quae marabus sola tribuunter to permit me to entertain any doubt on that subject i will proceed in the manner of dialogue to repeat as nearly as i can what passed betwixt us only observing that in the course of the conversation my timidity imperceptibly gave way under the familiarity of his address and that in the concluding part of our dialogue i perhaps had argued with fully as much confidence as was beseeming author of waverley i was willing to see you captain clutterbuck being the person of my family whom i have most regard for since the death of jedediah clash botham and i am afraid i may have done you some wrong in assigning to you the monastery as a portion of my effects i have some thoughts of making it up to you by naming your godfather to this yet unborn babe 
he indicated the proof-sheet with his finger but first touching the monastery how says the world you are abroad and can learn captain clutterbuck hem hem the inquiry is delicate i have not heard any complaints from the publishers author that is the principal matter but yet an indifferent work is sometimes towed on by those which have left harbour before it and the breeze in their poop what say the critics captain here is a general feeling that the white lady is no favourite author i think she is a failure myself but rather in execution than in conception could i have evoked an esprit follet at the same time fantastic and interesting capricious and kind a sort of wildfire of the elements bound by no fixed laws or motives of action faithful and fond yet teasing and uncertain captain if you will pardon the interruption sir i think you are describing a pretty woman author on my word i believe i am i must invest my elementary spirits with a little human flesh and blood they are too fine drawn for the present taste of the public captain they object to that the object of your nixie ought to have been more uniformly noble her ducking the priest was no naive like amusement author ah they ought to allow for the capriccios of what is after all but a better sort of goblin the bath into which ariel the most delicate creation of shakespeare's imagination seduces our jolly friend trinculo was not of amber or rose-water but no one shall find me rowing against the stream i care not who knows it i write for general amusement and though i never will aim at popularity by what i think unworthy means i will not on the other hand be pertinacious in the defence of my own errors against the voice of the public captain you abandon then in the present work looking in my turn towards the proof-sheet the mystic and the magical and the whole system of signs wonders and omens there are no dreams or presages or obscure allusions to future events author not a cock lane scratch my son not one bounce on the drum of tedworth not so much as the poor tick of a solitary death-watch in the wainscot all is clear and above board a scots metaphysician might believe every word of it captain and the story is i hope natural and probable commencing strikingly proceeding naturally ending happily like the course of a famed river which gushes from the mouth of some obscure and romantic grotto then gliding on never pausing never precipitating its course visiting as it were by natural instinct whatever worthy subjects of interest are presented by the country through which it passes widening and deepening in interest as it flows on and at length arriving at the final catastrophe as at some mighty haven where ships of all kinds strike sail and yard author hey hey what the deuce is all this why tis hercules vain and it would require someone much more like hercules than i to produce a story which should gush and glide and never pause and visit and widen and deepen and all the rest on't i should be chin deep in the grave man before i had done with my task and in the meanwhile all the quirks and quiddities which i might have devised for my reader's amusement would lie rotting in my gizzard like sancho's suppressed witticisms when he was under his master's displeasure there never was a novel written on this plan while the world stood captain pardon me tom jones author true and perhaps amelia also feeling had high notions of the dignity of an art which he may be considered as having found it he challenges a comparison between the novel and the epic smollett lesage and others emancipating themselves from the strictness of the rules he has laid down have written rather a history of the miscellaneous adventures which befall an individual in the course of life than the plot of a regular and connected epopoeia where every step brings us a point nearer to the final catastrophe these great masters have been satisfied if they amuse the reader upon the road though the conclusion only arrived because the tale must have an end just as the traveller alights at the inn because it is evening captain a very commodious mode of travelling for the author at least in short sir you are of opinion with bayes what the devil does the plot signify except to bring in fine things author grant 
that i were so and that i should write with sense and spirit a few scenes unlaboured and loosely put together but which had sufficient interest in them to amuse in one corner the pain of body in another to relieve anxiety of mind in a third place to unwrinkle a brow bent with the furs of daily toil in another to fill the place of bad thoughts or to suggest better in yet another to induce an idler to study the history of his country in all save where the perusal interrupted the discharge of serious duties to furnish harmless amusement might not the author of such a work however in our artificially executed plead for his errors and negligences the excuse of the slave who about to be punished for having spread the false report of a victory saved himself by exclaiming am i to blame o athenians who have given you one happy day captain will your goodness permit me to mention an anecdote of my excellent grandmother author i see little she can have to do with the subject captain clutterbuck captain it may come into our dialogue on bayes's plan the sagacious old lady rest her soul was a good friend to the church and could never hear a minister maligned by evil tongues without taking his part warmly there was one fixed point however at which she always abandoned the cause of her reverend protege it was so soon as she learned he had preached a regular sermon against slanderers and backbiters author and what is that to the purpose captain only that i have heard engineers say that one may betray the weak point to the enemy by too much ostentation of fortifying it author and once more i pray what is that to the purpose captain nay then without farther metaphor i am afraid this new production in which your generosity seems willing to give me some concern will stand much in need of apology since you think proper to begin your defence before the case is on trial the story is hastily huddled up i will venture a, a pint of claret author a pint of port i suppose you mean captain i say of claret good claret of the monastery ah sir would you but take the advice of your friends and try to deserve at least one half of the public favour you have met with we might all drink tokay author i care not what i drink so the liquor be wholesome captain care for your reputation then for your fame author my fame i will answer you as a very ingenious able and experienced friend being counsel for the notorious jem Macool, replied to the opposite side of the bar when they laid weight on his clients refusing to answer certain queries which they said any man who had a regard for his reputation would not hesitate to reply to my client said he by the way jem was standing behind him at the time and a rich scene it was so unfortunate as to have no regard for his reputation and i should deal very uncandidly with the court should i say he had any that was worth his attention i am though for very different reasons in jem's happy state of indifference let fame follow those who have a substantial shape a shadow and an impersonal author is nothing better can cast no shade captain you are not now perhaps so impersonal as heretofore these letters to the member of the university of oxford author show the wit genius and delicacy of the author which i heartily wish to see engaged on a subject of more importance and show besides that the preservation of my character of incognito has engaged early talent in the discussion of a curious question of evidence but a cause however ingeniously pleaded is not therefore gained you may remember the neatly wrought chain of circumstantial evidence so artificially brought forward to prove sir philip francis's title to the letters of junius seemed at first irrefragable yet the influence of the reasoning has passed away and junius in the general opinion is as much unknown as ever but on this subject i will not be soothed or provoked into saying one word more to say who i am not would be one step towards saying who i am and as i desire not any more than a certain justice of peace mentioned by shenstone the noise or report such things make in the world i shall continue to be silent on the subject which in my opinion is very undeserving the noise that has been made about it 
and still more unworthy of the serious employment of such ingenuity as has been displayed by the young letter-writer captain but allowing my dear sir that you care not for your personal reputation or for that of any literary person upon whose shoulders your faults may be visited allow me to say that common gratitude to the public which has received you so kindly and to the critics who have treated you so leniently ought to induce you to bestow more pains on your story author i do entreat you my son as dr johnson would have said free your mind from cant for the critics they have their business and i mine as the nursery proverb goes the children in holland take pleasure in making what the children in england take pleasure in breaking i am their humble jackal too busy in providing food for them to have time for considering whether they swallow or reject it to the public i stand pretty nearly in the relation of the postman who leaves a packet at the door of an individual if it contains pleasing intelligence a billet from a mistress a letter from an absent son a remittance from a correspondent supposed to be bankrupt the letter is acceptably welcome and read and re-read folded up filed and safely deposited in the bureau if the contents are disagreeable if it comes from a dun or from a bore the correspondent is cursed the letter is thrown into the fire and the expense of postage is heartily regretted while all the time the bearer of the dispatches is in either case as little thought on as the snow of last christmas the utmost extent of kindness between the author and the public which can really exist is that the world are disposed to be somewhat indulgent to the succeeding works of an original favourite were it but on account of the habit which the public mind has acquired while the author very naturally thinks well of their taste who have so liberally applauded his productions but i deny there is any call for gratitude properly so called either on one side or the other captain respect to yourself then ought to teach caution author i if caution could augment the chance of my success but to confess to you the truth the works and passages in which i have succeeded have uniformly been written with the greatest rapidity and when i have seen some of these placed in opposition with others and commended as more highly finished i could appeal to pen and standish that the parts in which i have come feebly off were by much the more laboured besides i doubt the beneficial effect of too much delay but on account of the author and the public a man should strike while the iron is hot and hoist sail while the wind is fair if a successful author keep not the stage another instantly takes his ground if a writer lie by for ten years ere he produces a second work he is superseded by others or if the age is so poor of genius that this does not happen his own reputation becomes his greatest obstacle the public will expect the new work to be ten times better than its predecessor the author will expect it should be ten times more popular and tis a hundred to ten that both are disappointed captain this may justify a certain degree of rapidity in publication but not that which is proverbially said to be no speed you should take time at least to arrange your story author that is a sore point with me my son believe me i have not been fool enough to neglect ordinary precautions i have repeatedly laid down my future work to scale divided it into volumes and chapters and endeavoured to construct a story which i bent should evolve itself gradually and strikingly maintain suspense and stimulate curiosity and which finally should terminate in a striking catastrophe but i think there is a demon who seats himself on the feather of my pen when i begin to write and leads it astray from the purpose characters expand under my hand incidents are multiplied the story lingers while the materials increase my regular mansion turns out a gothic anomaly and the work is closed long before i have attained the point i proposed captain resolution and determined forbearance might remedy that evil author alas my dear sir you do not know the force of paternal affection when i light on such a character as bailey jarvey or dalgetty my imagination brightens and my conception becomes clearer 
at every step which i take in his company although it leads me many a weary mile away from the regular road and forces me leap hedge and ditch to get back into the route again if i resist the temptation as you advise me my thoughts become prosy flat and dull i write painfully to myself and under a consciousness of flagging which makes me flag still more the sunshine with which fancy has had invested the incidents departs from them and leaves everything dull and gloomy i am no more the same author i was in my better mood than the dog in a wheel condemned to go round and round for hours is like the same dog merrily chasing his own tail and gambling and all the frolic of unrestrained freedom in short sir on such occasions i think i am bewitched captain nay sir if you plead sorcery there is no more to be said he must needs go whom the devil drives and this i suppose sir is the reason why you do not make the theatrical attempt to which you have been so often urged author it may pass for one good reason for not writing a play that i cannot form a plot but the truth is that the idea adopted by two favourable judges of my having some aptitude for that department of poetry has been much founded on those scraps of old plays which being taken from a source inaccessible to collectors they have hastily considered the offspring of my mother wit now the manner in which i became possessed of these fragments is so extraordinary that i cannot help telling it to you you must know that some twenty years since i went down to visit an old friend in worcestershire who had served with me in the dragoons captain then you have served sir author i have or i have not which signifies the same thing captain is a good travelling name i found my friend's house unexpectedly crowded with guests and as usual was condemned the mansion being an old one to the haunted apartment i have as a great modern said seen too many ghosts to believe in them so betook myself seriously to my repose lulled by the wind rustling among the lime-trees the branches of which checkered the moonlight which fell on the floor through the diamonded casement when behold a darker shadow interposed itself and i beheld visibly on the floor of the apartment captain the white lady of avenel i suppose you have told the very story before Arthur, no i beheld a female form with mob-cap bib and apron sleeves tucked up to the elbow a dredging box in the one hand and in the other a sauce ladle i concluded of course that it was my friend's cookmate walking in her sleep and as i knew he had a value for sally who could toss a pancake with any girl in the country i got up to conduct her safely to the door but as i approached her she said hold sir i'm not what you take me for words which seemed so opposite to the circumstances that i should not have much minded them had it not been for the peculiarly hollow sound in which they were uttered know then she said in the same unearthly accents that i am the spirit of betty barnes who hanged herself for love of the stage-coachman thought i this is a proper spot of work of that unhappy elizabeth or betty barnes long cookmaid to mr warburton the painful collector but ah the too careless custodier of the largest collection of ancient plays ever known of most of which the titles only are left to gladden the prolegomena of the variorum shakespeare yes stranger it was these ill-fated hands that consigned to greece and conflagration the scores of small quartos which did they now exist would drive the whole roxburgh club out of their senses it was these unhappy pickers and stealers that singed fat fowls and wiped dirty trenchers with the lost works of beaumont and fletcher massinger johnson webster what shall i say even of shakespeare himself like every dramatic antiquary my ardent curiosity after some play named in the book of the master revels had often been checked by finding the object of my research numbered amongst the holocaust of victims which this unhappy woman had sacrificed to the god of good cheer it is no wonder then that like the hermit of parnell i broke the bands of fear and madly cried you careless jade but scarce the words began when betty brandished high her saucing-pan 
beware she said you do not by your ill-timed anger cut off the opportunity i yet have to indemnify the world for the errors of my ignorance in yonder coal-hole not used for many a year reposed the few greasy and blackened fragments of the elder drama which were not totally destroyed do thou then why what do you stare at captain but my soul it is true as my friend major longbow says what should i tell you a lie for captain lie sir nay heaven forbid i shall apply the word to a person so voracious you are only inclined to chase your tail a little this morning that's all had you not better reserve this legend to form an introduction to three recovered dramas or so author you are quite right habit's a strange thing my son i forgot whom i was speaking to yes place for the closet not for the stage captain right and so you are sure to be active for the managers while thousands of volunteers are desirous of serving them are wonderfully partial to pressed men author i am a living witness having been like a second liberius made a dramatist whether i would or not i believe my muse would be terrified into treading the stage even if i should write a sermon captain truly if you did i am afraid folks might make a farce of it and therefore should you change your style i still advise a volume of dramas like lord byron's author no his lordship is a cut above me i won't run my horse against his if i can help myself but there is my friend allen has written just such a play as i might write myself in a very sunny day and with one of brahma's extra patent pens i cannot make neat work without such appurtenances captain do you mean allen ramsay author no nor barbara allen either i mean allen cunningham who has just published his tragedy of sir marmaduke maxwell full of merry-making and murdering kissing and cutting of throats and passages which lead to nothing and which are very pretty passages for all that not a glimpse of probability is there about the plot but so much animation in particular passages and such a vein of poetry through the whole as i dearly wish i could infuse into my culinary remains should i ever be tempted to publish them with a popular impress people would read and admire the beauties of allen as it is they may perhaps only note his defects or what is worse not note him at all but never mind them honest allen you are a credit to caledonia for all that there are some lyrical effusions of his too which you would do well to read captain it's hame and it's hame is equal to burns captain i will take the hint the club at kennacu hare are turned fastidious since catalan visited the abbey my pooty called has been received both poorly and coldly and the banks of bonny doon have been positively coughed down tempora mutantur author they cannot stand still they will change with all of us what then a man's a man for that but the hour of parting approaches captain you are determined to proceed then in your own system are you aware that an unworthy motive may be assigned for this rapid succession of publication you will be supposed to work merely for the lucre of gain author supposing that i did permit the great advantages which must be derived from success in literature to join with other motives in inducing me to come more frequently before the public that emolument is the voluntary tax which the public pays for a certain species of literary amusement it is extorted from no one and paid i presume by those only who can afford it and who receive gratification in proportion to the expense if the capital sum which these volumes have put into circulation be a very large one has it contributed to my indulgences only or can i not say to hundreds from honest duncan the paper manufacturer to the most sniffling of the printer's devils didst thou not share hast thou not fifteen pence i profess i think our modern athens much obliged to me for having established such an extensive manufacture and when universal suffrage comes in fashion i intend to stand for a seat in the house on the interest of all the unwashed artificers connected with literature captain this would be called the language of a calico manufacturer 
author can't again my dear son there's lime in this sack too nothing but sophistication in this world i do say it in spite of adam smith and his followers that a successful author is a productive labourer and that his works constitute as effectual a part of the public wealth as that which is created by any other manufacture if a new commodity having an actually intrinsic and commercial value be the result of the operation why are the author's bales of books to be esteemed a less profitable part of the public stock than the goods of any other manufacturer i speak with reference to the diffusion of the wealth arising to the public and the degree of industry which even such a trifling work as the present must stimulate and reward before cut volumes leave the publisher's shop without me it could not exist and to this extent i am a benefactor to the country as for my emolument it is won by my toil and i account myself answerable to heaven only for the mode in which i expend it the candid may hope it is not all dedicated to selfish purposes and without much pretensions to merit in him who disperses it apart may wander heaven directed to the poor captain yet it is generally held base to write from the mere motives of gain author it would be base to do so exclusively or even to make it a principal motive for literary exertion nay i will venture to say that no work of imagination proceeding from the mere consideration of a certain sum of copy money ever did or ever will succeed so the lawyer who pleads the soldier who fights the physician who prescribes the clergyman if such there be who preaches without any zeal for his profession or without any sense of its dignity and merely on account of the fee pay or stipend degrade themselves to the rank of sordid mechanics accordingly in the case of two of the learned faculties at least their services are considered as unappreciable and are acknowledged not by any exact estimate of the services rendered but by a honorarium or voluntary acknowledgment but let a client or patient make the experiment of omitting this little ceremony of the honorarium which is sensed to be a thing entirely out of consideration between them and mark how the learned gentleman will look upon his case can't set apart it is the same thing with literary emolument no man of sense in any rank of life is or ought to be above accepting a just recompense for his time and a reasonable share of the capital which owes its very existence to his exertions when czar peter wrought in the trenches he took the pay of a common soldier and noble statesmen and divines the most distinguished of their time have not scorned to square accounts with their bookseller captains things oh if it were a mean thing the gentles would not use it and if it were ungodly the clergy would refuse it author you say well but no man of honour genius or spirit would make the mere love of gain the chief far less the only purpose of his labours for myself i am not displeased to find the game a winning one yet while i please the public i should probably continue it merely for the pleasure of playing for i have felt as strongly as most folks that love of composition which is perhaps the strongest of all instincts driving the author to the pen the painter to the palette often without either the chance of fame or the prospect of reward perhaps i have said too much of this i might perhaps with as much truth as most people exculpate myself from the charge of being either of a greedy or mercenary disposition but i am not therefore hypocrite enough to disclaim the ordinary motives on account of which the whole world around me is toiling unremittingly to the sacrifice of ease comfort health and life i do not affect the disinterestedness of that ingenious association of gentlemen mentioned by goldsmith who sold their magazine for a sixpence apiece merely for their own amusement captain i but one thing more to him the world say you will run yourself out author the world say true and what then when they dance no longer i will no longer pipe and i shall not want flappers enough to remind me of the apoplexy captain and what will become of us then your poor family we shall fall into contempt and oblivion author like many a poor fellow already overwhelmed 
with a number of his family i cannot help going on to increase it tis my vocation how such of you as deserve oblivion perhaps the whole of you may be consigned to it at any rate you have been read in your day which is more than can be said of some of your contemporaries of less fortune and more merit they cannot say but that you had the crown it is always something to have engaged the public attention for seven years had i only written waverley i should have long since been according to the established phrase the ingenious author of a novel much admired at the time i believe on my soul that the reputation of waverley is sustained very much by the praises of those who may be inclined to prefer that tale to its successors captain you are willing then to barter future reputation for present popularity author meliora sparrow horace himself expected not to survive in all his works i may hope to live in some of mine known omnis moriar it is some consolation to reflect that the best authors in all countries have been the most voluminous and it has often happened that those who have been best received in their own time have also continued to be acceptable to posterity i do not think so ill of the present generation as to suppose that its present favour necessarily infers future condemnation captain were all to act on such principles the public would be inundated author once more my dear son beware of cant you speak as if the public were obliged to read books merely because they are printed your friends the booksellers would thank you to make the proposition good the most serious grievance attending such inundations as you talk of is that they make rags dear the multiplicity of publications does the present age no harm and may greatly advantage that which is to succeed us captain i do not see how that is to happen author the complaints in the time of elizabeth and james of the alarming fertility of the press were as loud as they are at present yet look at the shore over which the inundation of that age flowed and it resembles now the rich strand of the fairy queen but shrewd all with rich array of pearl and precious stones of great assay and all the gravel mixed with golden ore believe me that even in the most neglected works of the present age the next may discover treasures captain some books will defy all alchemy author they will be but few in number since as for the writers who are possessed of no merit at all unless indeed they publish their works at their own expense like sir richard blackmore their power of annoying the public will be soon limited by the difficulty of finding undertaking booksellers captain you are incorrigible are there no bounds to your audacity author there are the sacred and eternal boundaries of honour and virtue my course is like the enchanted chamber of britomart where as she looked about she did behold however that same door was likewise writ be bold be bold and everywhere be bold whereat she mused and could not construe it at last she spied at that room's supper end another iron door in which was writ be not too bold captain well you must take the risk of proceeding on your own principles author do you act on yours and take care you do not stay idling here till the dinner hour is over i will add this work to your patrimony valiat quantum here our dialogue terminated for a little sooty-faced apollyon from the cannon gate came to demand the proof-sheet on the part of mr mccockendale i heard mr c rebuking mr f in another compartment of the same labyrinth i have described for suffering any one to penetrate so far into the penetralia of their temple i leave it to you to form your own opinion concerning the import of this dialogue and i cannot but believe i shall meet the wishes of our common parent in prefixing this letter to the work which it concerns i am reverend and dear sir very sincerely and affectionately yours End of introductory epistle